Welcome to the Wisdom of the Womb podcast, your home for mind, body, and soul wellness for women. My name is Stephanie Adler. I'm a certified nutrition consultant, birth doula, and women's hormone and fertility expert. I've supported hundreds of women in having healthy cycles, healthy babies, and building a balanced foundation in their bodies and minds to set them up for a limitless life. Now it's your turn. I believe a woman reaches her full potential when she trusts the innate wisdom of her body and that those women change the world. So if you're wanting to achieve hormone harmony, have boundless energy, optimize your fertility, live a holistically healthy life, and learn how to love and trust your body to become the well woman you know you are meant to be, you're in the right place. Join me for weekly wisdom on topics such as holistic hormone and gut health, fertility, mindfulness, birth, pregnancy, and beyond, and leave with actionable steps towards well womanhood. Thanks for pressing play today. I'm so excited for the magic we're going to create together. Let's dive in. Hello, well women, wisdom of the womb, ladies. I'm so excited to have my guest here today. This incredible woman that you have have the privilege to learn from was a huge part of my education and healing journey on my pelvic floor journey. And I'm just so excited for the wisdom that she's going to share the wisdom from the womb that she's going to share with us today. So please let me introduce my guest. Dr. Angelica M. Whaley is a pelvic health physical therapist practicing at the pelvis pro in Inman park in Atlanta, Georgia, shout out to Atlanta owned by the female business owner, Dr. Mercy Treister. She received her doctorate of physical therapy from Northwestern University in Chicago and has been specializing in pelvic health since graduating. Her passion is treating acute and chronic pelvic pain, and she feels that pelvic health is an intersection of all of her interests physical therapy, public health, and women's health, a woman to that. Her dream is making pelvic health, physical therapy services accessible to underserved populations, both nationally and internationally. And she is a rock star and we are so privileged to have her here today. So hello, Angelica, welcome. Hello, Stephanie. Thank you for having me. It's so, so good to see you. It's been a while. Congrats to you on, you know, starting this podcast. I'm really excited. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, we're, I'm, I'm like so stoked. And really, I mean, it feels like a full circle moment for me because I remember just like the place that I was in and we'll talk about this more as we get going, but like the place that I was in when I came to see you for the first time and just like that huge sense of relief of being like, okay, I'm in the right place. I found this amazing practitioner. And so now almost going on to almost two years later to be able to reconnect with you and just like, it it just feels really, um, healing. So I'm just so happy to have you. And I'd love for you to just like, take a moment and tell us more about yourself, introduce yourself to all of the women who haven't yet have the privilege of getting to know I have. (laughs) Totally wonderful. Yeah. It is a huge full circle moment, but yeah, I'm Dr. Angelica M. Whaley. I am a practicing pelvic health physical therapist at the pelvis pro in Inman park, which is where I met Stephanie, um, a couple years ago. Um, but we are basically a boutique pelvic health physical therapy practice, a private practice who sees um, women across the lifespan with pelvic floor dysfunction. Um, I am originally from California, moved to Georgia when I was about eight years old, um, lived all over, went to school all over, and then came back to, to be near my family during the pandemic. And I've been kind of settled here 
since then. So yeah, it's been a good time. Yeah. And we, you and I had always had that in common, like partially had spent time on the West coast, came back to Atlanta for family stuff. And I'm just so glad our paths got to cross then. And so, I mean, I think what are, where we really should start. And I'm like, also, I mean, we're going to talk about this so much more, but just like so insanely grateful for you and the team at the pelvis pro, like, wow, just really made a huge difference in my life. And I mean, I just want to quickly like set the stage. I have been working in women's health Mm -hmm. for years. And I remember the moment where I felt like I had this UTI and I had been getting these recurrent UTIs. And I was just like, what gives I'm so confused and posting about it online and kind of being like, is this actually a UTI or am I experiencing pelvic health dysfunction? And at the time I had a client who's a pelvic floor PT and she was like, yeah, you definitely should get an assessment. And like at the, at the time, it was just so interesting to me having worked in women's health for so long, uh-huh. being like still so disconnected from the idea of like, oh, I could need pelvic floor support or pelvic floor health. So I think that it would be really helpful for a lot of people listening. If you could just share, like, what is pelvic floor PT? Like, what is like, what, like, tell us more. <laughs> right. That's literally the million dollar question. People do not know. They don't know we exist. It's such an accessibility issue and just um, an issue of us not having the knowledge, but um, literally pelvic floor as physical as pelvic floor physical therapists, we treat women across the lifespan who have bladder, bowel, or sexual dysfunction, which is pretty much pelvic floor dysfunction, as well as any accompanying diagnoses or movement diagnoses that um, go along with that. So that could be hip pain, back pain, um, abdominal pain in a way, knee pain, um, TMJ dysfunction, all of those types of things can really contribute to um, having pelvic floor dysfunction. So it's that and a really helping women to be able to, to move the way they want to without limitation, be able to exercise, be able to participate in intimacy and have the best quality of life that they can. And oftentimes it gets really correlated to like the perinatal period, like before pregnancy and um, after labor and delivery. But like I said, we see women who are noliparous who literally have never had children to women who are perimenopausal and menopausal and everything in between. Um, And it can manifest as so many different things. There can be like urgency and frequency. We've talked about that a lot, you and I, um, related to the bladder. It can be constipation type of issues or uh, ways where you're having difficulty emptying, emptying your bladder or your bowel. painful intercourse, painful orgasm, um, painful just arousal in general, um, and anything you can think of that's related to the bladder, like I said, any sort of leakage. Um, and yeah, that's the, that encompasses so many different things. It's a wide array and we're working on treating the body holistically because your pelvic floor, I often tell my clients, it doesn't work in a vacuum. It works within a system. So we treat that system, but we also have to think about what else is happening around that system related to your gastrointestinal system, your genital urinary system, and then your musculoskeletal system and neuromuscular systems as well. So it's a wide array of things, but it's really just working on giving women the the ability and the agency to improve their quality of life and not be limited. 
Wow. And, and is it so powerful? And I mean, I remember going to that first appointment and just having like no idea what to expect. And now having, you know, moved and needed to find a new practitioner, I'm on the phone being like, so do you guys do internal myofascial release? (laughs) Because there's, and, and, and so I kind of want to speak to that a little bit too, because I think when you hear like pelvic floor, we're talking, okay, we're talking about the bladder. We're talking about bowel movements. Like, so you know, I get that it's related to sexual health, urinary function, everything as that goes. But like, when I go to physical therapists, I think that a lot of people have the image of like someone laying on a table and stretching out their leg, right. Or like, you know, running on a treadmill or something as their knee is getting back in shape after an injury. So like, what is the actual, you know, therapy typically, and I know it ranges depending on what someone's going through, but like, tell us a little bit more about what the actual physical therapy looks like. Exactly. That's a wonderful question. So it's a wide array of things. It does include a lot of manual therapy and that can be like mobilizations of your soft tissue, manipulations of your joints. That's one aspect. Um, There's also therapeutic exercise, like strengthening and stretching of muscles as needed, if that's necessary. A lot of patient education because we're just not taught about these things growing up. So that's a huge thing. There's a lot of like myth busting busting that we do um, within our sessions, just thinking about the anatomy and physiology of the body. But then also we do neuromuscular re-education, which is after there's some said diagnosis and work on um, addressing that, we also have to retrain that system and those muscles in alignment with your nervous system to make sure that, okay, now this is equilibrium and this is where we need to function. Um, so it includes a wide, a wide array of things. But one thing that we do do, which makes us different than your traditional kind of orthopedic physical therapist is that we do internal muscle evaluations of the pelvic floor, um, typically. Not all pelvic health physical therapists really um, rely on that or do that, but that's part of it. And so that is a similar setup to an OBGYN in a sense that we are pretty much traversing the the internal muscles of of the pelvic floor through your vaginal canal or also rectal canal. It just really depends on what is needed. Um, But we're going for specific kind of palpation and assessment of the muscles within your pelvic floor internally. And there's two ways to get there, like I said, intravaginally through the vaginal canal or intrarectally. Um, And so- a lot more fun than the other. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right, right, right. But how I always explain it to people is just like, any physical therapist, when we are assessing you, we have to get our hands on you to properly really know what's going on. So the pelvic floor and where those muscles are located, is just another location of muscles. It's not, um, it's just another location of muscles. It's just another way for us to assess more thoroughly and objectively and have information that matches to what you're telling us um, functionally. So that's, that's what it encompasses. It's your traditional physical therapist, but we're also getting a lens to the pelvic floor and how does that contribute? Because pelvic floor dysfunction can manifest as hip pain, back pain, abdominal pain, tailbone pain, sacral pain. So we're having to think about all of those things and the alignment of of your spine within that, your hips, your pelvis in general as well to make sure that we're functioning um, properly. Yeah. And I mean, I know for myself, like I feel like the level of support I've received has been just so varied and wide, right? Like it's, you know, in terms of, yeah, like sometimes it's like 
deep massage on my outer butt muscles. And I'm like, wow, nothing has ever hurt that much. <laughs> it's like when people are like, my therapists are getting up in there. And then a lot of times it is like, I mean, I would say that I think the majority of my sessions at, in every pelt, and I've <laughs> probably done like 50 or more pelvic, you know, floor therapy sessions at this point in my life. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we are doing some of that internal work. And I will say for myself, I think that that has been some of the most, powerful and like transformative work. Um, and you know, we can even, I'd love to actually talk a little bit about like how then what do we, like the wand and, and like, how do we kind of take that home? Um, because I think for a lot of people, then it's like, okay, well, cool. So like I go in and someone does this inner work for me. Um, and I know for me, like that has been so helpful. And then to be able to take that home has been a huge part of my healing journey, but I just want to share with anyone, if it feels intimidating, like it's so helpful. And if you find the right therapist and they're doing it in the right way, I mean, it's just huge. And I will say when I moved to Colorado, I tried a therapist's office that was pretty close to my house. And she did like 10 minutes of internal work. And then like, kind of put me with one of her, I don't know what she called her, like, you know, movement people and was having me do like cat and cows and like, you know, uh, uh, what's the child's pose. And I was kind of like, thanks, but I can do this at home. And I do this at home all the time. I really want the other help. And so, you know, two, if, if, when we kind of, if we can kind of talk about like, what are the things that you can be doing at home that you take away and like why we use tools like the wand, but also maybe how to find a practitioner who's going to be like high quality and actually giving you everything that you and the pelvis pro does so well. Totally. And so I'll, I'll speak to that. I'm going to answer your question. One thing I will say that is different and that is ideal in a, a pelvic health practice that we offer is that one-on-one therapy. And you're not going to get that in every clinic as you can speak to. So it's one-on-one therapy for an hour. We are really getting to the root of what's going on and offering you our services, hundred percent, our t- attention the whole time. And so that's one benefit of an outpatient um, private practice that we have. Um, and so, yes, that varies. Most pelvic health practices, they are typically one-on-one. Um, it's outpatient of some, uh, some sense, but the, the general treatment does include some of that manual therapy um, for sure, but it also can include exercise. It can include other things, but everybody's um, layout format for that varies a hundred percent. So one way to, to really find a therapist or a practitioner that, that, um, is local to your area. There's a website called Herman Wallace, which is a place where a lot of us get our education, but they do have a directory um, for a pelvic floor physical therapist. There's another directory that I know about for those who are minorities. It's called the Melanated um, uh, Pelvic Floor Therapy Directory. It's of that sort, that name. Um, And I can add these kind of resources and give them to Stephanie. But those are some websites where you can go and you can really read about that person's background and what they offer and do they do internal work and what is their specialty and what do they focus on so that you have more of an idea of what you're beginning when you go into it. And I always like to say, you know, social media, it has its pros and cons, it's good or bad, but that can tell you a lot about a particular practice as well, like following that group, learning about maybe possibly some of the education that they do, and not every pelvic floor physical therapist is online, but definitely getting into their website, getting into their page, asking questions, following some of what they do um, on their page, and then maybe reaching out and and, 
um, getting some of your questions answered beforehand is a way to really find out um, who will be a good match in a practitioner for you. But asking some of those questions, like, do you do internal um, soft tissue work? Um, what, it, what does a typical session look like? We have our admin assistant here, um, MK, who's answering questions like that all the time. And I encourage people, like, ask questions. Don't just show up somewhere. It's great if you come, but ask those questions so that you somewhat know what to expect. We're happy to have you, but I want you to be well-informed. And that's part of what I really try to encourage people, um, encourage women in general, having that age related to your health I want you to be able to make proper choices for you so big so big oh and like is going to lead exactly where I want to go next when we're starting to talk about pregnancy and birth in so many ways but but quickly yes I mean I definitely will get those resources from you and we'll put them in the show notes so anyone who's listening who wants to seek out those different directories I mean I'm so excited to hear about those resources because like I said when I moved here I mean I must have called like you know after I was no longer in Atlanta and couldn't be in your care like when I I must have called 10 different offices. And I felt so grateful that I had at least had the experience that I had. So I knew to ask a lot of these questions because otherwise, I mean, one of these places that I found, I was so excited about it. And then I found out their appointments were 30 minutes. And I was just like, I'm not going to drive 30 minutes, have a 30 minute appointment and then drive back. You know, I found out some of them weren't doing internal work and it would have just been so frustrating had I gotten there and expected one thing and not received it. Or on the other side, I think about if I hadn't been educated and I was really going because I needed this support and then to find out, you know, a year later or six months later, oh, Hey, maybe you actually needed internal work. And that wasn't something that these people offered. So I couldn't agree with you more to like get educated, ask the questions. And hopefully this podcast can help people do that. Um, so let's talk a little bit about pregnancy because I feel like you alluded to this before that a lot of times people find out about their pelvic floor during or after pregnancy or birth. hundred percent, hundred percent. They do. And so how do you, you know, like for any woman who's planning on becoming pregnant or who is pregnant, like what is your typical recommendation when it comes to pelvic floor therapy? Is it like everyone should go get an assessment or what do you typically suggest? I say at baseline, I like for women to know what their pelvic floor is like before they even have a child. And I just actually had this conversation with a client today, but an ideal time to really know what your pelvic floor is like is say if you were planning, right? If you were planning in an ideal world, maybe to have a child, getting that assessment somewhere between three to six months before you're even about to conceive basically, or trying to conceive, just so you have an idea of how your pelvic floor is and any sort of dysfunction that you may have. And that dysfunction may already be manifesting in symptoms, but it doesn't always, but just having an idea of how your pelvic floor presents so that we can kind of plan for that throughout the duration of your pregnancy. Because during that time, when we are prepping you for prepping you for birth, but then also throughout pregnancy, we're wanting to manage a lot of those little aches and pains that can come about um, related to hormones changing your connective tissue. And so I think one thing that happens all the time is that there's this just like normalization of people being in pain with pregnancy or just having symptoms and it just getting normalized. Like, oh yeah, you're peeing. It's fine. You're pregnant. And it's like, no, that's not normal. Nobody wants to walk around like that. And you have 10 months of this. Let's, let's work on that. There's a reason why that is happening. Let's talk about managing pressure or seeing what your pelvic floor is like beforehand. So um, that's one thing that we really want to do. Our whole goal is to make sure that you can be as active as possible during your pregnancy, have a limitation 
patient in any sort of pelvic floor dysfunction or any other orthopedic um, symptoms or conditions that may be going on except it's like um, hip pain or back pain, those types of things, um, so that you can live your best quality of life even when you are pregnant. And so that we can also work on proper alignment during that time because that affects how, how well baby is allowed to move um, during that pregnancy and positioning. So it's super, super important. Yeah. I remember when I was, uh, interviewing, so I'm a type a person and um, <laughs> I'm like a secret undercover type. A yeah. Like, oh I come God. off as like, I'm really chill and go oh. with the flow, <laughs> I would ask you that. but I'm like secretly like so obsessed with like having everything really planned out. And so <laughs> I, when I was bef- like that nine months before I got pregnant, less than that, mm-hmm. actually, I guess. Yeah, nine months before I got pregnant, I started interviewing midwives because I was like, oh my gosh, what if, like, I, I mean, first of all, I wanted to establish care and continuity of care and I wanted to be set up with that. But also during the pandemic, uh, home birth became so popular. And it's something that I've always desired since I was a kid. And I had this like irrational, but kind of rational because of what had happened during the pandemic fear of finding the right person, but her being full and not being able to find a good midwife because everyone was, you know, scooping them up so quickly at that time. Mm -hmm. I started interviewing uh, midwives before, and I remember saying something, you know, kind of just asking them all my questions and saying something along the lines of, I was in pelvic floor therapy. And she really was like, that's amazing because I see a lot of babies enter the pelvis asynclitically, which is basically for anyone listening who doesn't know what that means. Like at a tilt, which makes birth longer, more challenging, you know, more, more risk of, you know, needing to have interventions. And she was just like, it's so wonderful that you're working on that because, you know, we, we tend to see babies, you know, who their moms have pelvic floor tension or things that are kind of out of alignment going into the pelvis asynclitically. And at the time, I hadn't really thought about that. I was just like really dealing with my pelvic floor health for my bladder and for everything like that, but it really made me so committed to the work. I was like, yes, I am setting myself up for a healthy pregnancy and for a, you know, a solid birth and all the things. And so I love that you alluded to just the positioning and how it's, you know, to improve not only quality of life for you while you're pregnant, but also hopefully the entrance of life for your, you know, your baby. Exactly. A hundred percent. You've been doing the work and that is um, not, unfortunately, a lot of women don't have the opportunity or even know about it to be able to do the work, but it's so important. It's vital. And there's so much that we can help with during that time, um, just along the way, just kind of preemptively, proactively, more and more we're seeing women who are coming in for preventative care, um, preventative prenatal care. And I just appreciate it. And I'm grateful for it because ideally the less interventions you have, the more ideal labor and delivery that you have. And that's really what we want to limit any sort of complications. So if we can, number one, just get your body in a healthy state from a physical standpoint and really help your pregnancy along. And then that therefore translates into that more of a successful, smooth delivery, which there's obviously contractions are their own beast. And there may be that time period. It's a marathon, right? Um, delivery, just labor in general. But if we can do as much as we can to limit any sort of um, discomforts related to how you are aligned, then that's the goal. That is literally the goal. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I feel so grateful for having 
And I remember actually, when I first started realizing that this was a pelvic floor issue for me and my mm-hmm. husband got like real into the research because he was just having a hard time seeing me have such a hard time, you know? And he was like, okay, like I got to learn everything I can. And he like really went into the research and it was so sweet. I remember him saying once like, well, this is such a blessing that we found this out now, as opposed to when you're pregnant because, or like afterwards, cause he was reading, you know, these stories of, of prolapse and just like all of these things. And he was like, well, clearly something's wrong here. And so now we have time to figure it out. And I mean, I will say this pregnancy hasn't been perfect when it comes to pelvic floor function. And I think that, you know, that's like part of the learning journey for me and that's okay. You know, I had a really rough first trimester with nausea and when I was vomiting, there were some moments where I would vomit and pee a little bit. And, um, and, and I, but it's interesting, like, as I've opened up about that more, I've heard from a lot of my clients, oh, that's happening to me too. And I actually would love to talk a little bit about this misconception around tension, because I know that you know, my pelvic floor is actually tight. And that's why when I was throwing up and I would pee a little bit, it was because my pelvic floor needed to tighten more, but it couldn't because it was already so tight. It couldn't contract more. But I think that that's like a huge thing that people are like, Oh, after birth, I just need to do Kegels and I need to tighten my pelvic floor when actually oftentimes it's the opposite. So could you talk a little bit about that? 100%. 100%. First of all, you explained that perfectly. I just want to know who taught you that. You are amazing. Good job. Girl, you literally said that perfectly. But this goes across the board for all muscles. All of our muscles in general, they do not need to be too tight. They do not need to be too lax. They need to be somewhere in the middle. And we refer, refer to this as like our muscle length tension ratio. That's where they are happy, like in the middle, equilibrium, and they can be the most effective, most functional for us. So if our pelvic floor is tight, for example, or lax, you can get dysfunction on either end of the spectrum. And that dysfunction can manifest as incontinence or leakage. It can manifest as pain. Um, It can manifest as just in coordination altogether. And so it's really, really important that we are somewhere in that middle ground sort of piece. And there is this common misconception that if you're a pelvic floor, we hear it all the time, like likely related to patriarchy in some sense related to like tightness and your pelvic floor needs to be tight and your, your vagina needs to be tight. And it's not that at all. Oftentimes that leads to dysfunction and it's not good um, for the woman for our pelvic floor to be in that state. Not good at all. Um, so it goes, like I said, it goes for muscles across the board, hamstring, bicep, whatever it is, we need to be somewhere in the middle so that we can engage properly and relax properly as we need to. And we're not in this dysfunctionally tightened state where our muscles are constantly getting fatigued, 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 and unable to really, um, be functional for us the way that we need them to. Yeah. And I think just so many people don't realize how they have a tight pelvic floor yeah. and how many things that we're doing on a day-to-day basis contribute to that. Like I remember talking to Mercy about this. Um, and I, and I think I said this in the intro, but anyone who doesn't know Mercy is, um, also part of the pelvis pro team. She's the founder. And I saw her and Angelica, both when I was starting my journey. And I remember her saying to me, she was, and I don't know if this is, I don't think this is actually true to growing up in the South, but she was like, did you grow up in the South? And I was like, yeah, I grew up in Atlanta. She goes, so then you were probably taught to suck your stomach in all the time. And I was like <laughs> laughing about that because she stereotyped it. But I think a lot yeah. of women are like taught that, you know, regardless of where we grow up and yeah. it's something 
And she was like, and that is really bad for your pelvic floor. And you're like keeping it tight all the time. And I remember saying it to my sister who also has the same bladder issues as me, who has not actually taken my advice more from a lack of access actually uh, to see a pelvic floor therapist. And like her entire life is all about sucking in her stomach. And she was just like, wow, like mind blown, you know? Um, like, I think we're all doing so many things on a day-to-day basis. And like, I sit and I think about myself in high school when I was already having these issues. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. I can look back now and see 10, 15 years of dysfunction, but like sitting in my car on the way to school doing Kegels, because I read in cosmopolitan that that's what I was supposed to be doing. (laughs) Exactly. There's so much information, literally what you're speaking to Stephanie is just all the misinformation that we have and how we don't know, we don't know how it affects us until later on in life, maybe we possibly need a pelvic floor therapist, but yeah, clenching your stomach first, clenching your abdomen for so many reasons, it's not good for you. You have all these different muscle layers in your body, within your abdomen specifically, that also come down and they attach and are interconnected with the pelvic floor via fascia and our connective tissue. And so if you are attempting that area, number one, you can be clenching your pelvic floor, but then it's also like this, this unideal sense of pressure that's pressing down your pelvic floor too. And we don't want that because you're clenching your abdomen. And if you think of your body kind of like this balloon that's being squeezed in the middle, that pressure is either going up or it's going down. And that just leads to pressure that we don't want within our pelvic floor, but then also dysfunctional breathing patterns. We can never learn to really take a deep, deep breath and connect with our diaphragm and that leads to an inhibition and an inability to really develop a relationship with our pelvic floor because our diaphragm really is just a mirror to the pelvic floor. And so, yeah, there's so many things that we can be doing, crossing our legs all day, some of the static positions that we have where we're kind of popping our, our hips out, leaning on one side, it reinforces these different dysfunctions. Also clenching, clenching your jaw, like your jaw is way up here. So you wouldn't think that it has a huge effect on your pelvic floor but it does grind our teeth, all of these things exactly um, really affect our pelvic floor. And you don't know about it until somebody literally tells you like, and shows you how your body is interconnected. Um, and we just don't, we function in that way. And we're not really taught to change those things. So. Oh, Angelica, those are such good reminders, like not crossing your legs, <laughs> your jaw loose, not sucking in your stomach. Are there any other things that you just recommend to pretty much anyone to support their pelvic health, obviously recognizing, you know, some people might be on different sides of the spectrum in terms of what their individual needs are, but are things that all of us can kind of just be doing to protect our pelvic health? Yeah. Great question. Number one, I'd say if possible, if possible, even if you have to, I don't know, save up for the appointment or not, definitely try to get a pelvic floor evaluation. It's just good to know about your musculoskeletal system, your neuromuscular skeletal, your neuromuscular system from that standpoint and how it can affect um, your organs, your bladder valve and your, your sexual and reproductive organs. So number one, I'm always going to say, go see somebody so that we can actually get our hands on you and actually evaluate you and do, give you thorough information about your pelvic floor. But big things are like managing stress. There's so many um, so many studies that talk about like stress in your pelvic floor and how it affects that stress, anxiety, depression. There's all these different, um, I would say, risk factors for pelvic floor dysfunction. One of my passions is acute and chronic pelvic pain, and that manifests in a whole host of different ways that can be um, 
just having a hypertonic pelvic floor, basically, but that can be vaginismus, um, that can be painful intercourse, basically, um, which can be related to um, vaginismus or one cause of that. But um, really, really having somebody look at your pelvic floor. But having risk factors for a tight pelvic floor can be stress, anxiety. It can be like this heavy weightlifting that can happen. Like people do that all the time. You can lift weights. That's no problem. But you need to do that within a framework of knowing about your pelvic floor and how it can be affected. Don't want you to be limited, but just to know. Um, intense and constant like core activation is another correlation. Um, having a history of like uh urogynecologic conditions such as like fibroids, endometriosis, PCOS, those types of things as well um, really can affect the pelvic floor. Um, so you always want to kind of move in a space of knowing about your pelvic floor and how um, how it can be tight, how it can be dysfunctional, like you, like you sort of said. I don't know if I completely answered your question, but no, I, I think it speaks to, and I mean, I really, really love the piece that you spoke to around stress, especially mm-hmm. that is something that I've just noticed. The correlation is wild. Like I remember almost missing a flight and it was like really stressful, you know, like running to the end. And I finally sat and I, my pelvic floor felt really good. And I finally sat down on the airplane after like almost missing this flight and having a really stressful hour and a half, you know, and mm-hmm feeling so much tightness and so much pain and tension in my pelvic floor and just being like, Whoa, like how met it, like how much my mind and body are connected here. And so I think that's a great reminder. And I love how you spoke to the different conditions, you know? So if you're someone who has endometriosis or PCOS or painful intercourse, like, please go get assessed. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I'm so grateful that pelvic floor physical therapy is something that came into my life and you know, uh, and also to the breath. I mean, you really taught me how to breathe into my diaphragm. And so everyone just learning how to really like do those pelvic drops or I love the visual of flower blooming out of your vagina and then, you know, blueberry (laughs) coming back in, um, just learning how to do those breaths. uh, It's all so valuable. Yeah. And exercise just in general is great. It's great just for our body altogether as far as just endorphins and in us really being able to interconnect but yes diaphragmatic breathing is a huge thing it's one way that we can really just affect our entire core and our pelvic floors within that so that's a huge gift that you can do for yourself but honestly stretching stretching is a great way as well more often than not we can be inflexible a lot of the patterns that we have as far as sitting in front of computers nowadays we have these static these constant sedentary and static postures that we're taking on and our body learns that and honestly during the pandemic we saw a whole lot of people um, who were developing tailbone pain like that was a thing because they were sitting so much and we were all stressed out so then that just led to a pelvic floor that was tightened one because we're just sitting here constantly but then also the stress of that and really how we can manifest um, some of that stress within our body. I always explain to people like your pelvic floor is another place where you can hold tension. Just think of it that way. The same way you can be kind of clenching your shoulders and clenching your jaw and clenching your abdomen or your glutes and not realize it. You're just statically clenching. Pelvic floor is another place. And so moving in a space where you're aware of that um, goes a long way because we're just constantly trying to manage that and bring that tension um, right back down. Yeah. A hundred percent. You're so wise. And I'm just so, so grateful for you and the pelvis pro team. And I mean, is there anything 
any other bit of wisdom that you just want to leave these ladies with um, for their pelvises? I know. I, so what I would say is I would just let, like we're, Stephanie's doing a great job here and just getting the word out in her podcast in general about just women's health. So I'm so grateful for you for that. But really just taking the time, taking a moment to prioritize your health and your pelvic floor within that, especially if you if you do want to have children, if you are dealing with longstanding chronic issues um, related to your to your um, urogynecological system, or genital urinary system, um, really think about someone else taking a different approach to looking at your body. Um, because in traditional physical therapy, that's not something that's often accounted for. And it, in an ideal world, it should be, it should be accounted for. Um, so that's what I would say. Definitely, definitely have somebody kind of look at your pelvic floor if there's anything that you are, um, if you are dealing with. And it can be symptoms that you're not even, you would never think that were related to your pelvic floor. It can be that. Like there's conditions like Stephanie and I have talked about interstitial cystitis and how that diagnosis kind of can be thrown around one way or another, but a history of chronic UTIs that aren't ever actually specifically UTIs that have a positive bacterial culture, um, that could be pelvic floor dysfunction. Interstitial cystitis in itself is, is um, having pressure, pain, urgency, frequency in the absence of an actual infection. And so the pelvic floor, the bladder within that, I should say, um, is kind of like it, it gets the brunt of that when it's really just pelvic floor dysfunction. So if you're constantly dealing with something related to your urogynecologic system, um, gynecologic system, reach out and have somebody else take a different approach with you, especially if you're kind of getting frustrated in the space or um, with the providers that you have been working with. It may be worthwhile to really have just another look, have somebody else take a look at what's going on. And, and don't feel limited. Like that's a huge thing. I, I feel like so many things get, like I said, just normalized related to pregnancy um, and the postpartum phase. And I want women to know that you do not have to suffer in silence. Like that is the biggest thing. You do not have to suffer in silence. There are people out here who are meant to help you. It's just a matter of finding them. And I know that's not the easiest thing, but there is someone that can really change your life. We do this all the time, no matter how long standing the symptoms that you have been dealing with have been there, there is somebody out there that can really help. And oftentimes I feel like pelvic floor therapists, we end up in this kind of director role related to healthcare because it's like we open up the floodgates of kind of a holistic approach to your body. And we're often starting this thought of multidisciplinary and collaborative care working with other mental health therapists, working with a traditional physical therapist if needed, working with a chiropractor, naturopathic doctors, um, functional medicine physicians, working with all these people to make sure that you get the health that healthcare that you need um, for your particular situation. So if you just feel like you're on a kind of like a hamster wheel with your, with your healthcare, then know that there are other people out here and it just may be a different lens that needs to be taken when it comes to you. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, yes. When I think back to, wow, what if the person who I went and saw when I was 18 and had 10 UTIs in a summer who told me, I don't think you have UTIs. I think you have painful bladder syndrome. Like if he had been like, why don't you see a physical therapist? Like when I think back to just what an alternative kind of care could have looked like and how that could have changed my life over the last 
you know, 15 years, um, is, is massive. And so I'm just like insanely grateful for practitioners like you. And, and also, yes, exactly to what you said, like you don't have to suffer in silence. There are people, there are other kinds of practitioners. And so whether or not you're feeling like you have symptoms, go get your pelvis checked ladies, because it is like one of the most amazing things that you can do for your health, for the health of your reproductive system. And just, I mean, I think general well-being over the next, you know, however many years, it's just, I'm, I'm so passionate about it too. And so thank you for that. And yeah, for anyone who's in Atlanta or the Atlanta area, Angelica and her team at the pelvis pro are just the best. They're so awesome. And I'm so grateful for them. And just so grateful that you were here with us today to elaborate on this really important topic. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you for inviting us, reaching out to Mercy. Um, and we're all just so grateful for her for having the vision, you know, to really want to help women across the Atlanta area and then inviting more women um, to join her practice. So it's been it's been great. We've been growing so much. You've got five therapists now. We're opening up another location. We have another additional therapist who's seen women in home to make it a little bit more accessible, too. So we're just trying to meet the needs of all the women um, across the Atlanta area as much as possible. So um, we're excited. We're just excited and just want to do all that we can to help women and just really liberate them in the, in the best way that, that we know how. I'm like going to get emotional thinking about mm-hmm. all the women that are going to have their quality of life changed so much um, by y'all scaling. And I, I mean, it's just, that's just so beautiful. So Yes. Thank you for doing the good work and let's continue to help women heal with this information. So if you listen to this podcast and it resonates with you, please share it with someone else who you think this might be helpful with. If every woman sends this to another woman in her life, you never know who you're going to impact. I mean, I don't think most of us talk about if we're like leaking when we're laughing or most of us aren't talking about if our if we're having pain with sex or if postpartum things are not feeling right, if we're on the treadmill, like so send it and like open up the conversation and let's make this not taboo because the more women we can share this information with, the more we can help. Yeah. Could have said it better myself. Thank you. Well, thank you for being here. My love everyone, please go find the pelvis pro and Angelica. We're going to share that in the show links in the show notes below the links to those directories, the links to the pelvis pro practice, um, find them on social media. Like Angelica was saying, learn more about the educational components and, Let's let's help more women heal. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you again. Well, thank you for being here.